Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Buddy, guess who's back? I am back, but of course, this would not be the Writer's Block podcast without my incredible co-host Brandon Laurie. Jess Navarre is here. We are back. We are reunited. We are feeling real good about it, and just so excited to have our usual lineup back up. Brandon, I have missed you. I have missed this podcast. I have missed talking about the Cowboys and just all the things. How have you been? Oh my goodness. It's been a little chaotic um, because when it comes to this time of year, you're really just fishing for any idea to write about. Uh, And the biggest trouble is when somebody comes up with an idea, you know, usually during the regular season, if there's other writers that want to write about something, okay, you can write about maybe five or six different things. But now it's like if you don't jump on it soon enough, then you're really left with nothing. So it's it's like your vultures right now uh, on all of us uh, with with the writers for BTB trying to figure out the best thing to write about. So that's been a little tricky, but a uh, big shout out to, to Brandon Clements and David Howman for jumping on the past few weeks um, while you've been out. And, and they've been phenomenal. And um, th- of course, they've been on the podcast b- uh, before. But yes, it is great to have you back, Jess. Um, I'm happy to hear everything's going OK and, and doing better. So, um, you know, just happy to have our regular lineup, especially now we're transitioning into free agency, the fun part of the offseason right before the draft. And you know what is insane is I think every off season we have this really sad side together and we go, oh, it's the end of the season. What are we going to do for six whole months? But what we seem to forget is there's so much that happens within these next few months. Football is such an interesting sport in that way that it's kind of back to back to back to back. You never really have time off, even if you have time off. Um, So yeah, free agency right around the corner. I did forget to mention, and I was going to segue that, you know, speaking of writing and all of that, you can follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon is right. That's W-R-I-T-E. I I almost forgot how to spell because clearly I am not the writer uh, in this podcast, but you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Navarro's underscore. I promise I spell things right there because I have autocorrect on my phone, but um, wanted to, of course, throw the Twitter tags on there. I'm a little rusty, Brandon. So uh, just bear with me here today. But RJ Ochoa, our fearless leader, asked us to do a little bit of a franchise tag 101 for you guys today. And welcome to the class. And if you hear something screaming in the background of this podcast, that is my parents' bird. Her name is Clarissa. Um, I'm still home right now. I will not be by the time you guys listen to this, but I'm still home right now. So if Clarissa makes her little uh, opinions and she interjects, I I apologize. I, I will say Clarissa is a Cowboys fan, though. She is, I think, a cockatiel. I don't know if I said that right. She's a, she's a Cowboys fan. So at least we have that. But 
back to Franchise Tag 101. Uh, today, actually, a very important date. We're talking about all of the timelines and things that happen uh, during this offseason. Well, today's important because the Franchise Tag window is officially open starting today. That will last for two weeks until March 7th. So, Brandon, how are you feeling going into uh, this franchise tag period? And we'll, we'll get more into it. Uh, I do want to give you guys a little rundown on what exactly a franchise tag is. We're going to talk some franchise tag history with the Cowboys. We're going to talk some opinions. But how do you feel going into really the start, if you will, uh, of free agency starting with this franchise tag window? Yeah, you bring up a great point that this really signals the start of what free agency is because teams, this is where you see what they value and where they're going to go um, with certain players. And I know like we, we you mentioned and alluded to that the history that the Cowboys have had, um, they've used it all five seasons going back to 2018 and the type of players that they did franchise. I mean, these are cornerstone players, Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott. Last year was Dalton Schultz. And I think that you really get an idea of what players uh, need to be locked up for these franchises. You have um, a player like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore that is up for a new deal and will probably get franchise tag in the division for the Cowboys. You might have Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. I saw something today that uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson of the Eagles might be a candidate for a franchise tag. So I think it's a, a unique fun period because this is something that teams try and stay away from, I think, especially when it comes to the top end positions like a quarterback or a defensive end because the price tag is always higher. Um, but when you look at something like a running back or a tight end or a corner, the price tag is a little bit lower. And if it is a cornerstone player that you want to keep around, maybe negotiate a long term deal with uh, that gives you the flexibility when you apply the tag to have it between now or what would be the March 7th uh, deadline tag. Um, period all the way to July 15th, kind of into training camp. So it gives a really large chunk of time. The Cowboys did that with Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, so it gives teams flexibility to try and negotiate long-term deals while not trying to kind of have the pressure of doing it right away. They can kind of take their time, figure out where things are once you get into that June, July period. So I, I like the tag period because you really get to see where teams are going to be headed uh, in the future. And then it starts now possible tag and trade scenarios and i know again lamar jackson is a candidate that i hear um might be uh someone who is a tag and trade player so yeah it's unique it's interesting um the cap people for the franchises i give them all the credit in the world it's a lot of math i know you and i we're not math people so it's great that we don't have to figure it out uh but yeah definitely very interesting and it's going to be crazy to see where the cowboys head in that direction Definitely uh, all good stuff there, but let's go back because this is Franchise Tag 101. Let's talk about why a franchise tag is even important and what it means. Because look, I know that most of us listening to this know what it means, but let's have a little refresher. And if you don't, that's okay. You're here to learn something today and we love that for you. So a franchise tag is basically uh, a designation that allows NFL teams to select one player who is set to be an unrestricted or restricted free agent and basically guarantees that that player uh, plays another year under contract if certain conditions are met. Every team in the NFL gets one franchise tag. And fun fact, Brandon, I found this out today. Uh, this franchise tag is older than both of us. It started back in 1993. And if that made you feel old, I am so sorry. That is not my intention to any of our listeners. But I was actually really proud of that because as you get older, you realize that it's very rare that you find things 
older than you. And so I was very excited to see that this started back in 1993. Go us, Brandon. We are still young. And uh, I love that. I love reminding ourselves of that. Um, here's the thing about the franchise tag. This allows for minimal negotiations for a player and the team's front office, which when you're talking keystone players, like Brandon had mentioned, this is so, so important because again, negotiations between these players, the lawyers, the front office, there's just so many layers to negotiating a price for a player, what they want, what they feel they deserve, what the front office wants, what they feel like that player deserves. Um, you know, you have history, you have statistics, you have the coaching uh, office that I'm sure comes in and, and has a say in some of that. So there's just so many layers that goes into negotiating. So when you're talking about key players, can you imagine those kind of conversations and how long they're had and all of the things that are brought up? All of this franchise tag stuff basically allows for key players to stay on the team for an extra year without really having to dig that much into, into those negotiations within this window of time. It essentially gives um, that player and the team some extra time to maybe look into uh, what negotiation options there are. Um, other dates I wanted you to keep in mind because... This is basically the starting line of free agency. So March 13th, the legal tampering period begins. This is basically uh, a time for conversations to start officially with free agents. And then March 15th, free agency officially begins. Mark your calendars. Things get crazy. This is both uh, when restricted and unrestricted free agents can start talking to not just the team that they are currently on, but all teams across the league that might have uh, interest in them as well. So like you had mentioned, Brandon, uh, the Cowboys actually put the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz last season uh, after he was really a key player after Blake Jarwin uh, had gone down. He stepped up, proved his worth. Um, I, I think back then they were talking more so long-term negotiations with him, couldn't really come to an agreement on a price. He agreed on that franchise tag. Um, so here's the thing. He's not the only free agent that this Cowboys team is going to have. There are actually 21 total guys. And I know uh, most of you probably know that list, but let's go down that list again, because yeah, there's some guys that uh, you're going to want to keep a close eye on. And of course, uh, some guys we already know probably won't be back on the team and will be uh, out trying to explore other avenues and some guys that we just have a big question mark by right now. So Dalton Schultz, Anthony Brown, Dante Fowler, Leighton Vanderush, Anthony Barr, Jason Peters, CJ Goodwin, Jonathan Hankins, Jake McQuaid, Noah Brown, Carlos Watkins, Matt Overton, Luke Gifford, Cooper Rush, Brett Maher, oh, sad, uh, Connor McGovern, T.Y. Hilton, Tony Pollard, Terrence Still, Rico Dowdle, and Donovan Wilson. Woo, Brandon, those are a lot of names. We're going to go down them, but... As, as these dates get closer and closer and you hear those names and you look back to this last season and you think of just some of the key moments and the key times that a lot of these players came up, does it make you feel a little nervous uh, just kind of hearing those names as free agency does inch closer and closer? Are you about the same? Where's that nervous level for you in just hearing that list as we're getting to the starting point of free agency? Well, first, I have to commend you for breaking down what a franchise tag is. I think Danny Phantom of the Star Seminar uh, would be very, very happy and pleased with your performance and your your lecturing. So kudos to you there. I know you were a guest on the podcast, so maybe you just took a little bit of what Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom uh, gave you. But 
uh, the other thing I wanted to mention right before we talk about that is like the difference also between an exclusive and a non-exclusive franchise tag, because with the exclusive franchise tag, that's something that the Cowboys gave Dak Prescott uh, a few years ago where he can't negotiate and talk to other teams while on that tag. It's basically between the Cowboys and Dak to figure out a deal. The non-exclusive one also is going to be applied to a player and they are able to talk to whoever, maybe get another deal um, somewhere from another team. And then what happens is the team who is applying the tag gets the right of first refusal uh, to match that, to, to match the deal, the price, whatever it is. And then they sign the player or if they decide to go with the other option, uh, then they get, I believe, about two first round picks, something like that as well. So that's just a little difference there. Usually you don't see it happen that often, but I know Hunter Henry a few years ago with the Chargers got the non-exclusive one. Um, but to mention about all the free agents, I think. This is a product of what the Cowboys usually do with the one to two year deals and free agency. So while it is a large number of players, when we break down who are the core guys, I think it is a smaller number than what the 21 players are. And I think this, like I said, is a product of how the Cowboys do business over the years. Everybody wants the Cowboys to spend a lot of money, bring maybe one or two key players in, but they fill out their roster between the draft and then these one to two year contracts with veterans that aren't really at the top of the, the level anymore playing performance. Um, they might be guys like we have talked about with like a Dante Fowler, where it's somebody who has a familiarity with Dan Quinn hasn't been as productive since he was drafted in the first round and comes in on a cheap one-year deal for almost like a uh, mercenary type role. So that's why I think this number is so large. So I'm not really nervous because I've seen the Cowboys do business like this the past few years with success. Now the Dontary Poe, the Gerald McCoy, like those certain deals didn't really work out. Um, but over the past few years, since Mike McCarthy has taken over um, since 2021, 2022, besides the 2020 season, I feel like the team, the team has gotten better and identifying good players that can play a quality role for the team. And then if you move on after one year, then that's okay. But you see a lot of these guys like a Carlos Watkins who comes back almost every year on a one-year deal. I think it might just be a case where the player is happy to be in town, wants to stay nothing long-term and everybody's happy on both sides. So when we break this down to who's important versus not important, I think it'll be interesting, but I really do think it's a, a core group of guys and then everybody else can kind of walk if that's what happens. And I was going through last year's free agency list. There was actually more on last year's list uh, than there is on this year's list. And as you were talking, yeah, there's guys uh, that, you know, just so much happens within the season. You kind of forget uh, that they sign these one-year deals and you're like, oh, I'll worry about that next year. And the next year comes and you're like, oh, wait, how did I forget that happened? Um, but it's interesting to see the kind of guys, um, even from last year's free agency to this year's free agency list that are on here. Um, it'll be interesting. Last year, uh, again, just comparing apples to oranges here, you had Noah Brown. Also, he was a free agent. He signed that one-year contract. Uh, you had Cedric Wilson, Malik Turner, Blake Bell, Joe Looney. I mean, goodness, there's so many different guys. Tyrone Crawford, uh, Sean Lee, who ended up retiring, Joe Thomas. Uh, you had Cheeto at the time, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods. There's just, uh, of course, you had Dak Prescott. A uh, little throwback, you had Andy Dalton uh, on there as well. So very interesting to see kind of how things turn out. And then you also see kind of names that were signed uh, within that free agency as well. You have uh, guys, you know, say Brian Anger, J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker, Keanu Neal. Remember that one? That was that was nice. Uh, Jake McQuaid, who's now a free agency uh, going into this year. So 
since we're talking history, let's go down because I wanted uh, to give you guys an idea of maybe how the front office could be thinking because like, you know, Brandon alluded to earlier, the way this team typically uses this franchise tag is on key players that made an impact the year before. And again, maybe negotiations are just too difficult to get done in this window and time frame that they have. So let's go back just even a few years. Let's start in 2018. They franchise tag Demarcus Lawrence, not just in 2018, but also in 2019. So something to keep in mind, 2020 and 2021, very familiar name you may or may not know, guys. Dak Prescott held that franchise tag there. They ended up signing him uh, to his long-term deal back in 2021. And then, like you said, 2022 Dalton Schultz, which now you look back at the kind of season he had, and then you have this younger tight end room. Um, you you wonder about what is going to happen with somebody like Dalton Schultz. Um, but at the time when they did put that franchise tag on him, keep in mind, he was coming out of his, uh, his breakout time, if you will, because of the Blake Jarwin injury. Uh, he stepped up, he impressed everybody, and it was kind of the obvious choice uh, at that point to keep him where he was. And, and uh, he kind of became Dak's go-to guy at that point as well. So just wanted to uh, give you guys some history. There are other names to be mentioned who were tagged in recent times. Uh, Anthony Spencer had that franchise tag in 2012 and 2013. And then Des Bryant, throw up the X uh, whenever you are listening to this. If you're not driving, please don't do that while you're driving. Uh, he was tagged back in 2015. So with all of that said, Brandon, I just listed off those names. I'll list them off again here in a minute. But we're going to do uh, a realistic thinking and then we're going to do a wishful thinking and maybe they they actually line up this year. But let's start realistically. Who do you think the Cowboys front office is going to put that franchise tag on uh, here in the next couple of weeks? Who do you see it realistically be? I, I think the the name that everybody is circling is Tony Pollard. Uh, because there are reports that have been coming out that the Cowboys are going to be using it on him. I know that the Cowboys value Tony Pollard and how he was able to develop into pretty much the lead back this season and how they were able to get so much production out of him. I think that's somebody that the Cowboys really don't want to let go. And especially depending on what happens with Ezekiel Elliott, you might need somebody like a Tony Pollard to be a veteran in the room if you draft a rookie and pair him with also a Malik Davis as well. So I know he is recovering from the ankle surgery and everything, but I think Again, we've talked about all season, I know, on our podcast that we trust the medical staff, uh, the physical therapy staff, you know, Britt Brown, all those guys. Um, they do a fantastic job with getting these guys ready for the season week in, week out. So I trust Tony Pollard to be healthy. Maybe he sits out until training camp, doesn't really do the early offseason workout stuff, but that's okay. I think that they tag him. And the deal is relatively cheap for what the franchise tag estimate is right now. It's about $10.09 million. They could try and work a long-term deal out, maybe get it to that $8 million range. But when you're kind of figuring, okay, franchise tag versus a long-term deal, that $2 million range, it's something like you talked about, Jess. Maybe give a little bit more time, talk about a long-term deal if it happens. But running back is such a unique position where I think a lot of the NFL teams are not going to be giving out long-term contracts to running backs anymore. The Cowboys did it with Elliott, and it hasn't really turned out the way that they were hoping. Elliott has slowed down significantly since he signed the contract um, compared to his early, early uh, career production numbers. So I would say that the Cowboys are going to give Tony Pollard the one-year deal, and then maybe if they can work out a long-term deal, that's great for both sides. But if they don't, they'll probably draft a young guy in the draft 
and then just go forward with Malik Davis and then the rookie, whoever they bring in. So I think he's number one. And then to give a number two, I, I love Donovan Wilson. And I know we have talked about him, you and I, on what he's meant to this team this year, the defense, the three-headed monster. But we did talk about Dalton Schultz. He was tagged last season. If he's tagged again, another thing is it increases about, I think, 120% when your value, uh, with what the value was the second year in a row. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So the tight end uh, franchise tag number is about 11.35. Dalton Schultz would be around 13.1. So again, not that much money, but again, it's not our money that we're spending. So I guess a few million is a lot. Uh, but he is an interesting name because I, I've talked about in the past two podcasts, especially coming off of the Super Bowl, the importance of an established tight end, what they've meant to the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Dallas Goddard, you have Travis Kelsey. These are top of the level you know, tight ends in the league. Dalton Schultz is closer to a Dallas Goddard than he is a Travis Kelsey. He has been Dak Prescott's go-to guy for the previous few seasons, like you talked about. So is that worth somebody to bring back? Where Tony Pollard is a running back, it's a depreciated, valued position in the NFL. A tight end, if you have him be successful for a long period of time, that is valuable to a quarterback that you're trying to develop into a better uh, quarterback this offseason. Like the whole goal of the Cowboys is to fix Dak Prescott this year. And I think that does start with having a reliable tight end and then you have CeeDee Lamb and maybe add a few options around him. So I think that's another name to to keep an eye on. But I would say that the number one option for the Cowboys right now is Tony Pollard. And then if it's not him and they let him walk, then maybe you have a Dalton Schultz come in that position. Yeah, and I think Tony Pollard is the obvious choice. You know, if we're talking about the historic trend that the Cowboys have as far as key impact players from the season before, he's the obvious choice, right? I mean, there's there's kind of a no-brainer uh, part with that. But, you know, to, to people who are saying, well, you know, that ankle injury that he suffered might have a damper on that, I don't think so. Because the thing is, is you know playing in the NFL, injuries are going to happen. You know that uh, it, it's the most unfortunate part of the sport. However, um, the, the term that I, I kind of hate that's always thrown out there is injury-prone. This is really Tony Pollard's first major injury when you look back at it. And so it would be a different kind of situation if it was an injury that kept happening over and over and over and over and over in the span of the season. It was just one really ugly hit. He was out and that was that. It's not like it was a, a nagging injury that slowed production down for him at any point uh, other than obviously when it took him out. Um which didn't even end up mattering when you you look at how things played out for the Cowboys. But, um, you know, I think that's not going to be an issue when you're when you're talking negotiations. Uh, Jerry Jones, in an interview a while back that he did at the Senior Bowl, even mentioned he was asked point blank, is that injury going to impact anything for Tony Pollard? He said, no, not at all. And again, I think it would be a different conversation if it was uh, a nagging injury. And it's it's not um, at least that we know of yet. Right. We, we don't know um, how that'll look. But I have full, full confidence in that Cowboys medical staff. Um, they they do such an incredible job. They've done such incredible milestone work when it comes to even just science um, with some of these guys that they've worked on in, in years past. So, um, yeah, and, and I agree with Donovan Wilson, but I'm going to say another possible option for the Cowboys realistically is Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, I think he's another realistic possible option that, um, you know, say Tony Pollard's money works out how it should. They don't have to do a lot of negotiating. Um, 
And, you know, with that, it's a bit of a tangled web. You add Zeke into it. Is he going to take a price drop? Are they going to cut Zeke? There's so many question marks uh, around that situation right now still. But, um, you know, I think Leighton Vanderush more than proved himself to more of a long-term deal because this was his prove-it year, if you will. He was only on this team on a one-year deal. And, you know, I, I would like to think Leighton really stepped up and said, all right, you want a one-year deal me again? Uh-uh, no. So I think somebody like Leighton, who has had um, this this growth spurt under Dan Quinn, who we know is here for another year, and who has been productive, and, you know, who through injury even has still been so productive, I think it's hard to say that his name's not off the table when it comes to this conversation as well, because he might be a little hard to negotiate with uh, come off season. So I don't know. I, I, I'd i like to think they could negotiate something with him, but just another name that realistically I think could be an option. The only thing to play devil's advocate, though, I'm looking at the numbers. The tag price for a linebacker is $20.93 million. That's a lot, especially when they only gave him about, I think, $2 million on a one-year deal last year. And I'm just, I know this team is very frugal when it comes to spending money, especially on the tag. And it's not a bad thing because this is why the Cowboys are able to sign guys. They talked about, Jerry Jones mentioned even in that Senior Bowl interview that they were able to take Amari Cooper's money that they saved with the $20 million and apply it to a Dante Fowler, uh, a Jason Peters, all these other guys that they brought in, and they provided valuable snaps for the Cowboys to make it to the division around this year. So I, I like the way that they spend their money, and that's why I think with the running back tag at $10 million, safety position at 14 once you get into that linebacker range, I just think that it, it could, it's going to be too high for them to pay. Um, and I believe me, I'm right there with you with working out a deal with Van Der Esch. Maybe you give them, even if it's a $10 million year, you know, two years, 20 million, 10 million a year, something like that. But even then it's like, it's a linebacker that's often injured. I know he was better this year. Um, I put out an article that came out today or yesterday, rather when we're recording this um, about three possible free agents to bring in Dion Jones, former Atlanta Falcon that was with the Cleveland Browns this year. He's a free agent. Um, you could probably bring him in for a vet minimum, maybe similar to the uh, Leighton Van Der Esch contract from 2022. So I, believe me, I'm, I am agreeing with you. You are uh, my favorite co-host um, and I would never want to go against you. But in this case, uh, I would say that the Cowboys would be against you with spending the, the 20 million on Van Der Esch. Well, luckily, it is not my money to spend. Exactly. I had $20 million. Look, I love the Cowboys just as much as the rest of y'all. I would not spend it uh, on the Cowboys if I had $20 million just sitting yeah. around. Uh, there's many other things. But, you know, I'm just thinking impact, guys. Uh, yeah, Cowboys are the Cowboys front office is not notorious for spending money, but also the Cowboys are notorious for doing a little bit of the unexpected sometimes. Very so, true. Who knows? Uh this this is a bit of a a roller coaster team, if you will, that we ride the highest of highs with and the lowest of lows. So uh, this free agency, just just prepare yourself for for anything, guys. Um, I know I'm still healing from the Amari Cooper situation. Um, that that's going to take a couple more years for me to get over completely. But we're all still we're in this together. It's all good. Um, but I do want to introduce a bit of a new game um, because we're talking about multiple guys here. Um, you know, that are impact guys that are on this list. And so Brandon, I was texting him earlier uh, today, and this is Monday when we're recording this. And I was like, I want to play this game. Um, 
I saw it on TikTok and I'm not going to say what it is initially called because it's inappropriate. However, I said, I want to make this uh, more football money related and Brandon just being the genius uh, that he is when it comes to these kind of things came up with the name. And so um, it's called cash or dash. And basically uh, we're going to go through this list together and it's kind of a quick play of who you would give the cash to hypothetically pretend Brandon and I are the Cowboys front office. We're discussing this list. We're going down the list and we're just saying cash or dash. Who gets the cash? Who gets the dash out the door? Um, here's the kicker. We can only pick five. And why five? Well, because we're the Cowboys front office and we can do whatever we want. And so we set our limit at five. We can only cash five guys because that's just what we wanted to do. All right. Uh, we're the Cowboys front office. We don't owe you an explanation for that. We just do it. Um, Brandon, how are you feeling about this, this game of cash or dash? I'm really happy that you came up with that pun for it because I was struggling. I was getting my nails done and I was like really struggling to think, um, of variations of the initial name of this game. Well, I guess shame on me cause I'm not a TikTok person. So I guess that inspired me, uh, you know, to come up with an alternative name. So, uh, all the kudos to you, but no, I, I think the biggest thing is to not let the power go to our head, uh, to remain humble in this situation and that we are playing with the lives of, of men who have families to take care of. So we want to make sure that we take care of the right people in this situation. Again, all hypothetical. Um, I think if we were able to pick some five names. Listen, we want to give everybody money. We want to give all 21 guys uh, their their contracts and their their money to stick around with the Cowboys, but it's just not possible. And like we talked about, the Cowboys are very good at narrowing that pool of 21 players to about maybe five, like we mentioned, five or six players that they really want to keep and bring back. So I think five is a great number. Um, I, I do want to say a name that I think both of us would have brought back, but came out that the Cowboys have no interest is Brett Maher. Um, I know Jerry Jones mentioned that it's, they're going to go in a different direction than, with kicker. I, I would like to see maybe another conversation be had maybe between McCarthy and Jerry Jones about bringing him back. Because again, we know how the kicking cycle went last year. I don't want to go through that again. If we have to, I guess we'll have to buckle up for the ride, but Maher outside of the performance in uh, the postseason, I thought was great all season. And he was somebody that was going to kind of circle on this list. Um, but unfortunately it doesn't seem like the team's going in that direction. So I don't want to say that he's a guy that I want to bring back when it seems like the team doesn't want to bring him back either. Yeah. 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 And great preface for that. Uh, before we go down the list also keep in mind we're picking five free agents and then we're tagging one so technically a total of six guys uh i guess we'll we'll cheat a little bit here um but yeah brett maher man that's uh what a, what a sad day actually that's so sad and um i i wish brett nothing but the best going forward and if anybody knows where dan bailey is at have him go to the star in frisco and maybe have some conversations and chit chat with the cowboys front office um all right i will forever live i guess back in what was it like 2014 the dan bailey days the golden uh, years <laughs> oh, the good old the good times the good years um all right let's play cash or dash everybody uh, so buckle up and please feel free to play along with us. Tweet us and let us know uh, if we're incredibly wrong and you hate us or if we're incredibly right, which that's the only option and you love us. So um, let us know what you think. So, all right. Our first guy on the list, Dalton Schultz, Brandon, cash or dash? Uh, 
it, it's tough because, like I said, I made a case for it. Um, but I have to say Dash in this situation because I do think that looking at the tight end class in the draft as well, it from all accounts I'm hearing that it's one of the deep, deepest positions at the in the draft right now. And the Cowboys certainly uh, landed two studs in Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson. And I do think, you know, Ferguson is somebody that you hope that can develop into a Travis Kelsey-type player. Travis Kelsey shouted him out by name during the Super Bowl, which is pretty awesome, and I'm sure he appreciated it. So I like the future of the position. Uh, I think Dalton Schultz is going to be getting his money elsewhere, um, and we appreciate everything that he's done for the Cowboys, but I'm going to have to go dash on this one. I'm going cash. Um, I'm going wow. cash one I know that it is very surprising but I am going cash on this one only because you look at the impact times that Dalton Schultz had and I'm interested to see um how with Mike McCarthy calling the plays because what we did here is um Jory Epstein did an incredible article where she talked to Dak at the Super Bowl and she asked how much do you think uh things are really going to change and he said about 20 to 30 percent so if you're looking at it from that perspective I still see Dalton Schultz being integrated a really good amount into the Cowboys offense if he's still around. And you know that is that go-to guy. I mean, just look at the amount of multiple touchdown games that that man had even during this season alone. And um, so I'm going to say cash because if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Um, you know, you can always say for any position, go for the younger draft class and all of that. But sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't pay off like we want it to. And it doesn't have that instant payoff. And so I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I'm going to say cash. I'm going to say Dalton Schultz. He worked his tail off this season. I appreciate him. Um, I want to see what he has. Maybe not a long-term, like five-year deal. Maybe, you know, another one-year deal, two years, maybe three years. But I'm interested to see more of him. I'm not done with him. Um, you know, I didn't see a drop-off from his productivity. Otherwise, I would say it would be a different situation. So I'm going cash. Dalton Schultz, I have one so far. I have four to spare and then one tag. So uh, next on our list, we have Anthony Brown. Are you cashing? Or are you dashing? Uh, I'm going to do cash on this one uh, simply because of depth, but maybe like a one-year uh, $3 million deal, something like that. And if you draft a guy this year and he performs very well and you like Deron Bland, maybe uh, I'm sure there's other things that are going to happen before this uh, in the world. But, you know, the likelihood of Kelvin Joseph taking a leap um, in his production, who knows, that might happen. Um, I'm not banking on that, but you keep him around in case, you know, something happens and then you let him go in, you know, training camp towards the end of training camp. Maybe you cut him because the depth on the team with the youth is is really good. But I do think that the Cowboys saw what happened um, when they lost Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis for the year. They didn't really have anybody behind them uh, to play very well. And having a veteran cornerback that's been around for a long time with the Cowboys franchise knows the system, I think is a lot of, uh, of value. It has good value. So I, I'm giving him cash, but a very, very kind of like vet minimum, maybe one one year, two to three million. Good point. And I was really back and forth with Anthony Brown um, because, yeah, you did see a major drop off uh, after his injury. It was one. Of, he's one of those players that Cowboys fans love to hate. And then as soon as he was gone, it was like, no, baby, come back. I miss you. I'm sorry. Very toxic relationship. Uh, Cowboys fans have with Anthony Brown. But you know what? If it made them have an appreciation for him, uh, you know, what is it? Um what is that saying about growing fonder distance makes the heart grow fonder? Is that absence? Absence. Whatever. Same yeah. that thing. Yeah. Same thing. Um, <laughs> I'm a lot of it guys. Um, all that to say, 
my final decision was I'm dashing from Anthony Brown. And that's only because I have two words for you, Deron Bland. I would like to see what Deron Bland can do in this position. Um, I'm good with Kelvin Joseph. I don't have to see any more, but Deron Bland really gives me some hope. Um, you know, I, I have faith in whatever Dan Quinn decides to do uh, in his defense, but I'm going to, I'm going to say dash only because yeah, that's a position you can draft for um, that. You might feel a little bit more comfortable using your draft pick uh, for a much needed cornerback position. You, but you, I was gonna say, you convinced me. I'm, I'm going to put dash on this one because okay. I did, I did okay. see another name on here. And if we can only choose five, wow, um, I, 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 I do see somebody else that that's a value that I want to keep around. Okay. Um, it might not be a name that people want, but I, I do agree. Like you brought up the draft point and yeah. Deron Blant, Jordan Lewis is still on, on, uh, under contract for another year. Yeah. So I, I like that. I, I'm unfortunately going to have to dash on Anthony Brown. Oh, okay. We're both dashing. Cowboys front office has spoken. So, so sorry, Anthony Brown. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad we don't make uh, these decisions in real life because that would be heartbreaking. All right. Uh, Dante Fowler, are you cashing? Are you dashing? Uh, I'm dashing because I, I want to see a little bit more from Sam Williams um and his development and maturity and all these things like you have to learn about these players very early on like the cowboys with calvin joseph like you needed to see him play this season so that you can make a decision if he's not around next year or the year after that before his, his deal is up so i think sam williams he showed flashes um, when he got his opportunity of course the car accident happened kind of tampered things a little bit for him but i do think that he's going to be a very productive player next season especially you get him into the weight room you'll get him in a full nfl offseason uh program i think you'll see him take strides in that get his body a little bit bigger um and again he's dan quinn's guy dante fowler was dan quinn's guy but i think sam williams has kind of replaced him in that role so i'm gonna have to dash on him I'm dashing as well. And, you know, not only the Sam Williams point that you brought up being a great one, but you also have Chauncey, Chauncey Goldston who stepped up. I mean, Chauncey was, he was looking great. So to have um, depth in that position and to know that, you know, even your backups are, are good and productive. Ah, sorry. So sorry, uh, um, Dante. We are going to actually dash you again. Glad we don't make these decisions in real life. All right, up next, we have Leighton Vander Esch. I think I know our answers for this, but are you cashing or are you dashing? Cashing, and I say that because if you can do it at the right price, you know, again, we don't come up with the numbers, but if the Cowboys want to bring him back, maybe a two-year, 20 million, like I talked about, it's a little palatable um, for me, but there are other free agent options that are out there if he does leave, but I do think that the Cowboys were better with him on the field. Again, he's a player that knows the system, um, you hope that his health is is better next year. And I think a big part of his play in this defense, and I'll bring up another name, is Jonathan Hankins. And that's another player I'm going to be cashing. So I'm doubling down uh, with some selections right here. So I'm cashing in on Vander Esch and Hankins as almost like a package deal for the two of them. Because I think when Hankins was on the field with Vander Esch, both players were phenomenal. And I think keeping those two together would only benefit the Cowboys defense this season. I'm going to agree with you. I'm cashing in for both of them as well, because you did see a drop off as soon as both of them were off the field, especially with that Cowboys kryptonite Cowboys defense kryptonite. It almost seemed like with that run defense, they were the patchwork for that. And you saw a very clear drop off with both of them off of the field. So I'm going to cash in with you uh, for both Leighton Vanderesh and Jonathan Hankins. So I'm at three caches so far. I got to be pretty frugal with my next two and then my tag. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go because I already knew we were both cashing uh, for Leighton Van Der Esch. This one, I'm interested to see what you say. Anthony Barr, are you cashing or are you dashing? Dashing. Uh, I know he was a little bit more of a favorite of yours during the season. I think that you can find another linebacker elsewhere. Um, you could even, if for whatever reason, the Cowboys want to bring back somebody like a Luke Gifford, he's going to be a dash for me as well. But I think if you bring him back, or another free agent um, that can play special teams, I think is important. Anthony Barr wasn't really a special teams guy. Once you get to that depth of the linebacker position, they have to play special teams. The Cowboys have Damone Clark, Jabril Cox. They need to see stuff from them. And also you have Devin Harper, a draft pick from last season that the Cowboys really did like. Unfortunately, he got injured. So I think that those three guys replace Anthony Barr in some form of fashion. Um, so unfortunately, Anthony Barr, we appreciated you for one year. Unfortunately, I think you're a product of the – uh, the fact that you're only with the Cowboys for one season, still trying to find your footing. Um, but unfortunately, we're going to have to say uh, sayonara in this situation. Dang, you are a tough front office man. I have to be. I have to be. Wow, you're really putting your foot down with Anthony Barr. Um, I'm also going to dash, and I did really love what he did this season. Um, and I, I think he's another guy that is a perfect example of Dan Quinn coaching and the product that you get. Even just being under Dan Quinn for, um, you know, that one year with the Cowboys and mistake, mistake me if I'm wrong. I believe they had history and that's kind of what brought him, uh, back with the Cowboys with Dan Quinn, right? They, they had, uh, he had more history with George Edwards. George Edwards was, uh, the coach in Minnesota and they had the connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I really love when the Cowboys are able to do that, but Dan Quinn is just notorious for knowing these guys and, and pulling them in. But I am going to dash as well. I'm not going to be so harsh about it and say sayonara, but uh, I will say adios. Anthony Barr, see ya. What, what about uh, Luke Gifford? I, I was dashing on him. What about you? You're dashing on Luke Gifford? I'm dashing on Luke Gifford as well. Um, yeah. Dang. I hate he, doing He would be my seventh. Honestly, he would be my seventh, and I say that because he is a core special teams guy. He had that great performance in Green Bay where I think he had like eight or so tackles on special teams. And McCarthy was like, you know, he's never seen that before. He appreciates when guys can do that. And that's a great role to have and a good depth player. Um, but I think, again, you can maybe draft the linebacker or have yes. a Devin Harper step into that role. Yeah, and I think the draft and development mentality with linebackers specifically, I mean, heck, Micah Parsons was already a beast. We know that. But draft and develop with Dan Quinn, I think specifically with that linebacker position, that's exciting and it should be exciting and it's scary uh, for any opposing offenses. So uh, there's another dash for us. Okay, Jake McQuaid, he was also a free agent uh, last season that the Cowboys picked up on a one-year deal. And keep in mind, uh, he got injured pretty early on. Um, so are you cashing or are you dashing on Jake McQuaid? I know the Cowboys are going to need a long snapper. Um, so for this situation, a loophole for me would be one of these guys are going to be back between McQuaid and Overton. Uh, 
I'm not going to pick any of them because I don't want to take up the, the the roster spot of our five or six players. Um, but I do think if you had to pick between Overton or McQuaid, McQuaid's, of course, a fossil guy from from Los Angeles days. So um, I, I think he's going to be the one back. I hate to say that because Overton just had a baby girl. Uh, shout out to him and, and congratulations to you and your family. But uh, unfortunately, this situation, great while we had you. But if McQuaid's the guy, familiarity, um, we'll have him back. But if they want to bring somebody else in off the street, you know, with the kicker, maybe get a new relationship building um, with Brian Anger, I think that's the route that they go. So no, no for me on McQuaid or Overton. All right, putting your foot down there with long snapper position. Uh, yeah, for the sake of our five, uh, secretly six guys, I'm going to say no on both of them as well. However, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they address this long snapper situation because the thing about injuries with long snappers is, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous, but, you know, trust the medical staff. It just makes me nervous uh, with him and his injury being as extensive as it was to take him out for that long period of time. So, um, yeah, we're going to say adios, sayonara, see you later uh, to both Jake McQuaid and uh, Matt Overton. So I'm losing my spot here on this list. Okay, up next. Ooh, this one's a good one. Who are we cashing or dashing next? Will it be Noah Brown? How do we feel about that? Uh, I am going to dash on Noah Brown because it's a numbers thing. And I do think that if you wanted like a big body receiver that's on the roster, Simi Fajoko, you hope can step into that role a little bit. Jalen Tolbert has to produce for the Cowboys this season, I think. Not that he'll necessarily be cut, but I think that then year three, it's going to be really in question about whether he's going to be on the roster. So I think that Noah Brown, again, we appreciate everything. He's a, he's a great blocking wide receiver as well. Um, but to me, you can get that guy in the draft if that happens later in the rounds like they did with Noah Brown so many years ago. Um, Jason Garrett is no longer in the league, so unfortunately – he might not have a role wherever else, um, you know, he doesn't have Jason Garrett to kind of vouch for him. But I think a guy like that lands on his feet somewhere, some way, and it just won't be for the Cowboys. Oh, I hate this game. I don't know why we decided to do this. Hey, this is, I told it's you, my the, idea. the, the power me. can't go to our heads, but unfortunately we have to make these decisions. Dang, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Thank you. I needed that. But here's the thing about Noah Brown, and I'm going to preface all this by saying He's also a special teams guy, which is so, so valuable to have because special teams matters. And I really hope we made that point very clear throughout the duration of the season, because I feel like special teams get slept on uh, more than any other side of the ball, but they're just as important. The thing about uh, Noah Brown that I appreciate is his speed. He's shifty and yeah, maybe he's not the best wide receiver in the group, but he's teachable and he's coachable and the guys like him. He fits in that wide receiver room so well. Oh man, this is hard. And also something that I guess just thinking ahead, um, which would make sense for the Cowboys front office is say something, you know, Cavante Turpin, hopefully this never happens, goes down with some kind of injury. No Brown, I feel like is your next guy up for that returner position. So if you get rid of Noah Brown, who's the second guy up for the returner position? Just, you know, something to keep in mind. All that to say, I am not cashing on Noah Brown, even though you thought I was going to. I'm going to have to dash because there's a couple other guys on this list that I think just take more priority. I think if, you know, the guys that we mentioned later on are able to get their deals, there's still money left that would make Noah Brown happy. 
keep him around because I, I'm not giving up on Noah Brown yet. I'm not. I know there was issues with uh, ball security and, you know, catching the ball this season, but I'm not giving up on Noah Brown. And I really hope the Cowboys find a way to make it happen, even though we're the Cowboys front office right now. We're not making it happen. And we're both dashing on Noah Brown. Oh, that was sad. Okay. Carlos Watkins. This is an interesting one. Cashing or dashing? Dashing because you mentioned Chauncey Golston. I think he's a guy that will step up in that role. Um, again, team-friendly deal. If you want to bring him back for a year, great. But I just think that the Cowboys want to go younger at the position. They need to see something from a Neville Gallimore um, to kind of step up. And I think this is a guy where, for the Cowboys with Carlos Watkins, I don't know if there's going to be too much of a demand or a market for him. I know that they cut him uh, in training camp at the end of it, and he was still on the market. They brought him back on the practice squad. Then he came back on the active roster for the rest of the year. Um, so I do think that might be a deal where you just tell him, hey, hang out and just stay in Dallas if he likes the area. And if we have an opening, we'll we'll bring you in. If they cut Neville Gallimore or they don't like what, he, what he's been doing in training camp, and you bring Watkins in, you know he's a guy that's reliable. So I, I have to say for right now, uh, adios uh, for, for Watkins, but um, I think it might be more of a see you later situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm dashing on Carlos Watkins, especially with Osa Odigizua entering the chat. Uh, I feel very confident in Osa and what he did this season. Uh, enough for me to say I'm good with dashing on Carlos Watkins, but wishing him the best in our fake scenario here. We already both talked about Matt Overton. We dashed him. Luke Gifford. Did we dash Luke Gifford? Yeah, we. And it's it's funny because you mentioned the importance of special teams. I think we've gotten rid of like seven special teams. I know. Players, we're such hypocrites. So. We yeah, exactly. Such <laughs> oh, my goodness. I swear we appreciate special teams uh, on this podcast. All right. Our next guy, Cooper Rush. Is it rush hour in Dallas with QB2 or are we dashing on that idea? Uh, cash him in uh, all day for me. I think that the backup quarterback position, the Cowboys have always emphasized it when bringing guys like Kyle Orton, um, John Kitna, Brandon Whedon, it, even though it didn't work out. Uh, keep it going with the the ginger backup quarterbacks. Uh, shout out to all the redheads of the world. Um, I think Cooper Rush proved his value uh, tenfold for the for Dallas this season. You, he was able to go four and one. I do think that if the Cowboys don't bring him back, I think he's going to find a home with the Chargers with Kellen Moore being there. Um, and it might be a package deal with him and Noah Brown if that happens. Um, but I do think that Cooper Rush um, staying in Dallas is very important. Him and Dak get along so well together. They're both champions for each other. I think that's important, creating that nice dynamic in the quarterback room. Um, and then Will Greer, you know, I know he's still on the roster and everything, but you know, you see what happens in training camp, have them battle it out. And if Will, Will Greer beats him out this time around, then great. Then you make that decision. But I do think Cooper Rush, the value of the backup position, especially with Dak getting injured the previous few, few years, having that reliability of somebody that you know can win you four or five games in the NFL is so important. And I think that Cooper Rush will get maybe a $5 million deal for maybe one or two years. Cash me in. It's rush hour with QB2 as well because, yeah, you you can't have a drop-off when it comes to your quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, if, if something happens to Dak, you feel confident in Cooper Rush's ability to get it done. Something that actually Cooper Rush uh, kind of opened my eyes to in talking to him this season is that when teams have their backup quarterback, they have a guy that will play similar to your starting quarterback. And that seems like such a simple you know, um, thing. It really does when you think about it, 
but I didn't think about it in terms of play style and how similar Cooper Rush really is to Dak uh, when, when, you know, Dak is playing a little bit more conservatively, you know, that there's maybe a difference in the play style of the offense when Cooper rushes in, but it's still productive. Uh, it just, he has different guys he goes to, right? So his guy was Noah Brown uh, in, in that case, but you also didn't have Michael Gallup back in just yet to actually see what that would look like. I trust Cooper Rush. Those guys trust Cooper Rush. There's no drop-off uh, when it comes to the QB2 position. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sticking with that motto, we are cashing in on Cooper Rush. Uh, Connor McGovern. Ooh, are you cashing, you dashing? This one's a little hard. He is my sixth player. He is a cash for me. And I say that because when you look at the depth of what the Cowboys have at offensive line, we don't know what the situation is for Tyron Smith, um, if he's going to stay, if he's going to retire, um, what the Cowboys are going to do in that situation. And McGovern provides flexibility with regards to a backup center. He also provides a starting guard a caliber position. And I think that if you kick Tyler Smith to the left tackle spot, you have a vacancy at left guard. And McGovern has proven to be an NFL starting that's starter in that situation. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to let him walk, because then I think that paints the picture of where they want to go in the draft with at least the first few rounds drafting that position. They also love Matt Farniak, and I think that he's a guy that could play all five positions. At least they're confident in that. Um, and he played some guard last season before going down when McGovern was hurt. So it'll be interesting to see him develop. But I do think that having that veteran guy um, to see what happened with Connor Williams last year, the price tag was a little too high for the Cowboys. I don't know if McGovern's going to command that because of him being more of a, of a proven guard. But then again, the Dolphins saw something in Connor Williams to be a great center and they paid him as a center, not a guard. So we'll see what his market is. I do think the Cowboys want to bring him back depending on his price. We'll see if it works, but he, in my situation is a cash. See, and I'm running out of guys here. So in my situation, he has to be a dash, even though I hate myself for saying that, because in real life, if there was no limits, he would be an absolute cash. I mean, there's no question about that. But in my fake situation, because I gave myself this limit here, I have one more guy and my tag. Ah, I have to dash him. And that makes me so sad. But look, uh, pretend I could have one more guy. I'm going to secretly go behind all your guys' back and I'm going to cash him uh, because I I would go over my limit for him. I would. I would go over my limit secretly, but you can't know that. So in this fake scenario, I have to dash, but no, he's very valuable. Um, and again, he brings that versatility skill, which we see is very, very helpful for that O-line and how much that has uh, paid dividends overall. So Secretly cashing, but for the sake of this, we have to dash. Um, well, and, and another point to bring up too is the Cowboys also have Matt Willetsko and Josh yeah. Ball. And I think that if they do bring Connor McGovern back, you just cut Josh Ball. You have Matt Willetsko as sort of your swing tackle. And if you think Farniak could play a tackle position, that's sort of your backup guy. And I think the practice squad allows you to keep guys like the Avante Collins, guys like that around for the whole season. So I don't think that you're going behind anybody's back because I do think that the Cowboys will do that. Um, so I think you're you're correct. You don't have to be sneaky about this. I think the Cowboys are going to bring good. it back. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Uh, on to our next one, T.Y. Hilton. Are you cashing or dashing? I'm dashing, but I, I could see a, a late cash like they did uh, this past year. He talked about the importance of being around his family. He might not want to go through training camp again and not sign with the team until midway through maybe the trade deadline when his value might be a little bit higher. Uh, but I, I think he would be a great guy to bring back in the locker room for veteran leadership. 
But if they decide to bring a OBJ in instead, I think they might want to go that route. It's just a proven playmaker. Um, but I do, I, I love what T.Y. Hilton was able to bring with regards to leadership. He had that great memorable play of his first catch in Dallas, which everybody will always remember. Um, but if they decide to bring him in, I think it's going to be the same thing like a Carlos Watkins, like a see you later cash. But as of right now for the game, I'm going to have to dash on T.Y. Yeah, what's going to be very interesting about this uh, offseason in terms of wide receiver is, you know, you have the people saying, yeah, draft a wide receiver. You have the people saying, get OBJ. You have the people that are still T.Y. Hilton. You could technically do all of that depending on how you spend your money. Uh, So it's very interesting to see how it's going to play out. But I think with somebody like T.Y., Um, I just appreciate his work ethic so much. I mean, the man spent what, like 12 hours straight just learning the playbook and would not leave uh, the star until he was learning that playbook. I mean, he was there for 10 days, 10 days. And he had that kind of connection and trust with Dak to make that incredible play uh, at AT AT&T Stadium on Christmas Eve. um, Or was it Christmas Day? Whichever one. I think it was Eve. Yeah. Christmas Eve that had what, like a 2% chance of being made. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. And to me, I don't think we saw enough of him. I don't think, um, you know, Kellen Moore integrated him as he should have during this season. So I would be interested to see more of T.Y. Hilton if he's able to stay. But you also have the OBJ bird that is tweeting in your ear and just chirping because, look, Jerry wants what Jerry wants. Jerry likes what Jerry likes. And he keeps bringing up the OBJ conversation, which tells me he wants OBJ in Dallas. So if he's able to make it work with T.Y. Hilton and OBJ, I can see that happening. It it would just be interesting to see if he had to pick between one or the other who he would pick. Because T.Y., to me, proved that he belongs in that locker room, maybe on another one-year deal, whatever the case is. Um, Or you have OBJ, who... You haven't seen play any ball in quite a while. Um, You've only seen his workout videos on social media. You really don't know what OBJ has, but you also know that the guys in the locker room want him. So OBJ has entered the chat once again for the Dallas Cowboys, and it seems like we're just never going to get away from this conversation, Brandon. Um, I'm going to dash on TY for now, like you said, for now and just for the sake uh, of this game. All right, I'm going to skip this next one, and I'm going to go down uh, to Terrence Steele first, and then I'll go back up uh, to the next guy that was supposed to be on the list, cash or dash, Terrence Steele. I didn't put him down as a cash or dash because he's a restricted free agent. So I think the Cowboys are going to be able to use that um, to their advantage to keep him around. I know it's somebody that they wanted to give an extension to um, sort of around like the, the their bye week. It, there were talks that they were trying to work something out. Um, it didn't happen. Then he got injured. So, um, you know, hindsight isn't twenty twenty always on that. But I think it's somebody that they want to keep around for the foreseeable future. They love his development. It's a guy that they have started since 2020 as this project at right tackle. He proved to be one of the best run blockers um, at right tackle in the NFL. And that's somebody you want to keep around. And I think the importance to remember is that he's still going to be recovering from his injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready for training camp, the regular season, because it happens so late in the, in the year. So having a backup like a, well, let's go, or um, even a Tyron Smith, if he sticks around at right tackle, I think would be great. There's no pressure on Terrence Steele to get, 
um, rush back, you make him 100% healthy, and then come like halfway through or the beginning of the year, if he's back and healthy, um, then you put him in at right tackle. So I think he's going to be an automatic back. So that's why I didn't put cash or dash. But in this situation, I, he would be a cash, but I didn't count him towards my, my cap number. Yep, absolutely same. Saw he was a restricted free agent, thought the same thing. However, what I will give kudos to Terrence Steele for, and I mean, this is something we all know that I love to talk about is the penalties. I'll give kudos to him for really focusing in on cutting down on those pre-snap penalties because between him and Tyler Smith, it was an issue. I did see a stat the other day uh, that said the Cowboys were ninth overall in the NFL in total penalties this season, which is such improvement from being number one, everybody. Round of applause for that. I'm so proud. Uh, although I would just like to see them out of that top 10 next year, but baby steps guys, like baby steps. You can't have it all. You got to get there slowly. You, you start somewhere. Number nine. I'm cool with that. I am absolutely so proud of that. And I will be wearing that on my sleeve all season. You guys don't have to hear me go on and on about how the Cowboys were the most penalized team in the NFL next season. You can hear me talk about how they're the ninth penalized team in the NFL overall. So how exciting uh, for that. All that to say, Terrence still really hunkered down on the mental focus aspect and you i i appreciate a player who sees a problem is not above uh critiques and coaching and is coachable you can't find that just anywhere uh terrence still coachable guy i love that all right uh we have rico daddle he is also restricted um so we really don't need to cash or dash him um but uh, you almost forget about him you almost forget the name right like I yeah. saw his name on the list, and I, I kind of forget about Rico Dowdle. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to dash, even though he's a restricted free agent. I think that they have uh, somebody in a Malik Davis, and I think Rico Dowdle was going to be the Malik Davis this season, and if it wasn't for him getting injured, I think that that didn't uh, you know, that opened the door for Malik Davis to kind of step in. So I think they have that guy. It would have been great to see what he could be as an NFL running back, but it just never transpired that way. I know he had a hip injury um, early in his career that kind of sidelined him. So I don't think he will be back, even though he is a restricted free agent. So um, I just think it's a numbers game. And if they do draft somebody, um, I think that that would be, you know, the better route that they go. And to even go to the other running back, because I think that's also important to talk about with Tony Pollard as a quick transition. I think that's somebody that I am tagging. He's getting the franchise tag for me. He's uh, that guy that will be getting it. Um, I think we talked about him early in the show. That's a guy that definitely needs to be back on the Cowboys roster, regardless of what happens with Ezekiel Elliott. There could be a world where Elliott and Pollard are, uh, none of them are back with the Cowboys and they just decide to go young and, and draft a guy and put them as their lead back. But I think having Pollard back, mixed in with a Davis and a rookie, that's sort of your three-headed uh, horse uh, for the Cowboys this season. Yep, I'm dashing Rico Dowdle. Um, I was looking up Taylor Swift lyrics to say it would have been fun if he could have been the one. But uh, yeah, you're not my friend. Sorry. Uh, see ya. Um, obviously, my tag is going to Tony Pollard as well. Logistically, it just makes the most sense. And we want Tony Pollard to get his negotiation time in, to have that year to sit there and prove why he deserves a good deal and all the money that uh, the Cowboys are willing to give him. So, uh, and we don't want him to go anywhere. That's the whole thing. We do, we do not want Tony Pollard to leave this team, guys. I will have a breakdown if Tony Pollard ends up leaving this offseason. I will be in a mourning period. You will not hear from me. You will not see me. We can't do that. We can't do that. And um, yeah, so Tony Pollard's getting my franchise tag. 
Uh, and that leaves us with one more guy. And ironically, it leaves us both with one more guy that we get to sign during this free agency, which is Donovan Wilson. Are we cashing? Are we dashing? Do I even have to ask that? I don't think you do. I think it's an automatic cash for both of us. Um, it's funny. I think we only uh, didn't agree on Connor McGovern and you decided to bring back uh, one other person. I forget um, who it was, but we only disagreed on one player. So I thought that that is pretty impressive on our part. Uh, when it comes to two other guys, I think that we didn't mention CJ Goodwin and Jason Peters. Those two guys I'm dashing on. I think again, CJ Goodwin, if you want to find a guy at, to fill that role, Kelvin Joseph proved to be a good special teams guy and you never want a second round pick to be your special teams ace. But if that's going to be the case, you ride that train for a few more years and then you just re up it, you know, with somebody else. So I think that that fills that role. And then Jason Peters, Jerry Jones mentioned that he's going to be back. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that um, or agree that it's going to happen. Um, I think he might just outright retire. I mean, listen, if you bring him back, fantastic, I guess. But he just he showed that he was slowing down towards the end of the year. And I think that if you want to bring a guy like a well, let's go along to develop um, maybe a draft pick, you know, in the later rounds, I think that's they're not going to be 41, 42 years old. So I think that's going to be important. Um, but yeah, Donovan Wilson, I think bringing back the three headed monster, we'll see what happens with Malik Hooker. If he's a cap casualty, I don't think so. Um, Cause that's another one of Jerry's guys. Um, I think having, if that does happen, at least you have Jaron curse. You have Donovan Wilson, two guys that can lock it down on the back end. And he just proved to be such an, a big part of Dan Quinn's defense. I think that's important to keep around. So he's uh, my final cash. I don't know how we skip those two guys, Jason Peters. Um, if I, if I could cash, like he would be my last option to cash. Um, because I, I personally love the leadership he brings. And I think that goes along with developing those young guys like Tyler Smith, perfect example. Um, it's hard to say what Tyler Smith would have been able to really do without that leadership from Jason Peters, because Jason Peters was working directly with him all the time. I mean, I saw it games even before when they were doing their warmups. Uh, you see Jason Peters like showing and physically like moving Tyler Smith's arm to be in the right position or, or little things, just the mechanics of it, um, I think go a very long way with having Jason Peters there for those young guys. If he wants to retire, we appreciate you. I hope you don't retire an Eagle because I will be upset um, beyond upset. But I also think if you can make it happen with Jason Peters, he's just one of those swing guys. I mean, you cannot have him out there for every single snap of a game. We know that we saw that and that's okay. If you can afford it. I mean, really, if you have insurance and you're able to cash in on it, cash in on it. But if it doesn't fit this year, then we absolutely wish Jason Peters the best. Um, Donovan Wilson's getting my last deal because I mean, 101 combined total tackles a season, five sacks, one, uh, interception. I mean, that's just his starting point, guys. I cannot even imagine what this guy's going to look like with Dan Quinn still in Dallas. Oh, I love saying that. I love saying that so much. Uh, under Dan Quinn, you have um, just such promising, uh, uh, such a promising future with Donovan Wilson. So, Dono, please take my money, have it. I don't have a million dollars or millions of dollars to give you right now, but hypothetically, I do. So take it all. It is yours. The world is your oyster, Donovan Wilson. Uh, we would love to have you back. So with all of that, we've officially made our way through the free agency list for the Dallas Cowboys. 
we gave you a little bit of a franchise tag 101. I hope you all uh, got some good stuff out of today's episode. Brandon, where can the people find you if they want to talk to you about your your front office skills in this hypothetical situation and and they want to just have a word with you like where can the people find you to do that yeah unfortunately i can't hire you uh that's not in my job description so unfortunately um please don't send your resume my way um but it is at brandon is right on twitter that's w-r-i-t-e um and then also read all my content at blogging the boys uh like i said a lot of free agency talk a lot of player report cards will be coming out this week i'll be issuing those as well uh, so it'll be interesting to see what grades are going to be given out for the cowboys but one other note about the jason peters thing i was just thinking about maybe jerry jones says he's coming back which is true but maybe as like a consultant kind of teacher mentor role maybe as like an assistant on the coaching staff that's something that you mentioned with regards to tyler smith those two guys got along as developing he's a texas guy he loves it there he mentioned how he wants to retire and and, and stay in his home state so that's something that maybe people are saying oh well jason peters is a player he's not coming back but maybe Jerry Jones meant a conversation to be had about Jason Peters, the coach, mentor, slash assistant. So that's something to keep an eye on. Writer's block. You heard it here first. Give all the credit to Jess and myself uh, if that does happen. But if it doesn't, then you can kind of disregard what I just had to say. I love that, actually. If that's an yeah. option, absolutely. Because he proved it this season. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, dang. Dang. Something Brandon. to think about. Something to think about. I'll have to, you know, yeah, figure out a way to yeah. Jerry Jones. Like yeah. somehow, some way, somebody get this to Jerry and just tell him, like, hey, listen to the last few minutes of this because there's a genius idea. Ideally, listen to the whole thing because you know we want Jerry to listen. But like, wow, Brandon, you thought of that on the spot. That is just incredible work. Oh my goodness. I would love that. I mean, you're talking about draft and develop. That goes along with coaching. Oh, he would be so great. Um, and they've been shown to yeah. to bring back former players this cycle they just uh, on, the, on the coaching stack. Uh, Sharif Floyd, you know, some guy that they had, a guy that not some guy that's disrespectful, a guy <laughs> that they had uh, interest in in the draft years back. That's when I got into uh, the draft stuff. I remember that name during the Travis Frederick draft, but also Darian Thompson, um, you know, as, as a guy who was with the Cowboys for a few years. So they're showing that they have done it. They've done it with Miles Austin. Sean Lee was in the scouting uh, room, um, you know, few other guys so again the tea leaves are there especially more recently so who knows it might happen yeah i would love to see that and honestly jason peters has put his time in he is 40 years old give your body a rest sir and you still want to be involved why not well, that would be so amazing to see so let's manifest it everybody let's uh hope and pray and just manifest that that could be a possibility. But um, yeah, let's let's keep talking on Twitter. I'm at Jess underscore on Twitter. And you can tweet me all your fun opinions about our, our way of running the Cowboys front office in this hypothetical situation. I think we did a good job, but um, I'd love to hear your opinions. Maybe, unless you're an Eagles fan, I really don't want to hear your opinions. Um, Brandon, I wasn't here post-Super Bowl, so I just have to say... Before we go, incredible that the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I love that for us. I will never let that go. Forever going to just be saying that for the next year. They're going to be sick of me. Sick of me. And I, I'm glad. I'm glad. So if you have an Eagles fan in your life, your homework 
for your uh, assignment for the day for free agency 101 is to go tweet uh, any Eagles fan you may know and just remind them that they lost the Super Bowl. That is your homework uh, for the day. Well, and they also lost both their coordinators too. So just, uh, you know, salt on the wound there. Can't can't relate uh, to having salt on the wound, uh, at least yet this off season. But uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Writer's Block. We will see you again next Tuesday. Have an incredible day. Go be amazing. And we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.